0: Your last-minute tax questions answered today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast, number 457. Should Brad in Wahoo, Nebraska, save to his regular 401k instead of his Roth 401k so he can claim the American Opportunity Tax Credit? Should Jennifer and Zeke in New York set up a Roth IRA and file taxes for their 13-year-old that's got some earned income? Does Cindy in San Diego have to report her Medicare Advantage over-the-counter medication benefit on her taxes? And should our buddy Carl Spackler wait until the new year to deposit his rollover check? Plus, M in Florida needs ideas for moving her mom from a low-cost of living area to a high cost of living area. Wannabe Landlord wonders about creating an LLC for his real estate. And can CJ in Florida and Indiana report prorated real estate expenses on Schedule E? Finally, the five-year rule on Roth Withdrawals once again, this time for Brutus Buckeye. And Bruce from Joycey is back. This time he wants to pay cash for a car. I'm producer Andy Last, and hold on to your seats as I do my best to corral all the derails in this wild episode with the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA.
1: Hey guys, I ride a vintage 1980 Kreider Floret RS mop.
2: Mo- moped. Moped. Oh. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Freaking choice, apple ciders. Oh yeah, you ride a mop. <laughs> You, <laughs> you, can't, can't careful, man. you can't risk it, I was <laughs> breaking that thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Top speed is 55 miles per hour, per hour 80 miles per gallon, $75 tag fees, and $100 a year in insurance. I yeah. think about $110,000 a year, plus some freelance on the side. uh My first kid is starting college next year is claiming the American Opportunity Tax Credit worth changing my retirement savings from Roth 401k to regular 401k. (laughs) I figure with HSA, my 401k IRA, I can just get under the $90,000. Additionally, I have 529 plans for the kids. My state allows writing out contributions from tax income. I can only claim my son every other year due to the divorce. So I was thinking, in years, I can claim him shifting to maintaining regular 401k IRA contributions to drop my adjusted gross income to below 90000 as I'm a single parent. In years, I don't claim him doing Roth. The years I don't claim him doing Roth and paying college from his 529 plan. Is this the best long-term plan for taxes in retirement? Willing to consider other options? Thanks. Brad from Wahoo. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a real place. Wahoo, Nebraska
0: is, getting, is a real
2: place.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. So, what's the question?
1: Oh, he's looking for the American Opportunity Tax Credit. Oh,
2: he wants to know whether he should do regular or Roth 401k because if he does reg, if he does Roth, he might not qualify for the tax credit. American Opportunity T- Tax Credit. Yeah. Which is by the way, pretty good credit for $2500. Uh, per year for the first four years of college. I think when you're single, that starts phasing out, out around 80,000 to 90,000. So once you're at 90,000, you can't really take any. If, you, if you're 80 or below, you can take the whole thing. So I guess that's the question. Should I be doing the the Roth, uh, then my income's too high where I don't get the 2,500, or should I do the regular 401k to get the 2,500?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the American opportunity. To, remember the lifetime learning credit, too. Yeah. That's another, yeah. Uh, tax, well, first, let's explain what a tax credit is versus a deduction, because it's kind of a big deal. Here. Oh, yeah. We, we learned about that today. We, we did. Yeah. So a tax credit. You're welcome. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> T- tax credit is dollar for dollar off the taxes owed. So if yeah. I owe uh, $5,000 in taxes, I have a $2,000 tax credit. My end bill to the IRS is three grand. Yeah. Dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar. Yeah. Okay, got it. A tax deduction is basically a deduction. You're just reducing your taxable income. So depending on what tax bracket that you're in, you have to do a little bit of mathematics to figure out what your tax savings actually is. So if you have a $1,000 tax deduction and you're in the 22% tax bracket, your tax benefit is $220. Yeah. So for a $2,500 tax credit, it's a big deal. It is. Off the dollars owed. So dollar for dollar. So I can see why he's like, hey, well, how can I make sure that I can get this tax credit. Yeah. So if you qualify, I would definitely go pre-tax to get your taxable income low enough, but I would be careful if you get it low enough, but not low enough where you don't get the credit, you just miss that year of Roth. So you have to do some math and some projections here, but if he can receive the credit, I would absolutely go for the credit.
2: 100%. This is too big of a credit to, to miss if you can actually qualify.
1: All right. You got Dear Andy, Joe now. And Hi, it's Jennifer and Zeke here. Zeke. Yep. Subarus and coffee in New York State. You guys gave us a spitball back in May. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. I now have a very specific question that I can't seem to get answers on. Our son, age 13, has earned $70,000 cash. <laughs> cat sitting for a neighbor. Are you <laughs> out of your mind? Joe, it says $70 cash. Uh-oh. Oh my God! I, am I buzzed? What, what
0: is, you just think in terms of thousands of dollars. You don't even see seventy dollars.
1: <laughs> what, what Look what at did you the you big $70? wallet on like, Big Joe. I was, I was like this thirteen-year-old kid making seventy grand watching a cat. Was in Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> this cat, Joe, you don't know what the cats are. A tiger? What the cats are worth in New York State? Oh, pretty dangerous cat. All right, seventy dollars. Sorry, there, Jennifer and Z. <laughs> It's. I'm flying to New York tonight. Oh I God. want to watch this cat. Uh, I have talked up the almighty Roth IRA to him in the past, and he wants to get one started, which is great. But I first want to consider whether it may complicate our tax filing. If the $70, <clears throat> $70 <laughs> was his only income, I believe we could not report it when filing taxes, as it's under the $400 self-employment threshold, and go ahead and contribute $70 to a Roth IRA for him, perhaps keeping a private log on how he earned the money in case questioned later. However, uh, he will also have unearned income from the UTMA account, let's guess $3,000. In past years, we have reported this on our own tax return on Form 8814 and thus avoided filing the separate return for him. It is unclear to me whether in this situation $70 earned, $3,000 under, I would have to file a separate return for him. Normally, I wouldn't bother reporting a small amount of earned cash, but if we were going to contribute to a Roth IRA, I would want to be sure that it was properly following all the rules. If we had to file separately for him, I may decide that the small Roth contribution is not worth the hassle and risk of errors. Wow. Okay. Okay, That $70 could grow. $70,000. It could grow to seventy grand, And he could buy a mop. Then <laughs> ride a tiger. Did, did have another baby. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I might decide that this small round contribution is not worth the hassle. Okay. Thanks in advance for your thoughts. I've been investigating this for a while and look forward to perhaps putting it to rest. Okay. Let's put it to rest.
2: Let's do it. So, first of all, I wouldn't bother myself, but
1: I love the concept. I love the concept. So what do you mean? You you wouldn't bother filing the return or you wouldn't bother putting $70 in a Roth IRA? Either one. It's too small. Mm -hmm. But see,
2: so so the thing is, if you if he if your son has seventy dollars of earned income, I do believe he has to file his own return, which makes this a lot more complicated. You do have to put the the amount on the return. You just don't have to pay tax on it. It's under four hundred dollars, so there's no self employment tax. It's still taxable as income. There's going to be no, but there's no tax because it's only seventy dollars, and the three thousand uh, dollars still gets taxed at the parents' rate. But you'd have to do a separate return. Then you could legitimately do the Roth IRA for me none of that is worth it i'd wait till your son is 16 and making a couple thousand and do it then that, that's what i would do you're trying to do a rule of 72 70 so it's bucks good, it's gonna be 140
1: i don't get, know what it's years. 13 years old yeah and then in like 40 years that will be like good double 400 four yeah, it will tax free <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it could be like 10 grand i don't know anyway that's my answer but i think if you really want to do this great love it I think he'd want to file uh, his own separate return to be able to deal legitimately.
1: But how long will it take to file that return? Seven seconds. No, because, I mean, it's a whole separate return. Yeah. I mean. It, how many inputs is it? Well, you,
2: if you understand TurboTax, it may be not that difficult. But if you're not in the profession, this could take a little while to figure it out. You think so? I do. I disagree. I wouldn't do it myself.
1: And you're a CPA for how long? When is, how long um, have you been
2: a CPA? 1984 So complete that, what is that, 40 years? It's, it's a couple if,
1: years Yeah, 40 We got Jay-Z from New York Hey, Joe, Al, Andy, this is Jay-Z I think it's the real Jay-Z I think so Beyonce? I, I don't see why not This is Jay-Z from New York First time, long time, I've been listening since episode 310 And what episode are we on now? 457
2: Wow I don't think it's the Jay-Z then I don't think you would listen to a hundred episodes. <laughs> Do you? Of
1: course. And really enjoy, and often, the straightforward answers and personal finance insights. I typically enjoy your show on my ride to and from work in my black BMW X3. Ah, nice little uh, SUV. Yeah. And once I'm home, I typically prefer a little few beers or GTs and a tonic. Yeah. I'm getting to learn your lingo after yeah. hanging around with you.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, Jay Z, he likes a little gym song. <laughs> I need your help understanding last month's rule for HSAs. Okay. My employer has a mid year benefit cycle. In this July, we switched to a high deductible health care plan <clears throat> for my family of four. So we are only HSA eligible for six months in 2023. Can I still contribute the max to my HSA, which is 7750 using the last month rule, IRS Pub 969, as long as I stay HSA eligible through all of 2024? Are there any other watchouts <laughs> for using this rule? It doesn't matter what institution <laughs> manages the HSA to use that last month's rule. Thanks, Jay-Z. All right. HSA health savings account. So with the health savings account, it's a pre-tax contribution that you can invest in, right? You could go in cash or you could pick stocks, bonds, and it can grow for you. And then when you take the money out, it's tax-free. It's a triple tax threat. Yeah. You get a tax
2: deduction, right? Yeah. Yep. So that's awesome. And then you get to invest the money and then you pull the money out and it's tax-free as long as you use it for health.
1: Yeah. If you're like really nerdy in our business, they call it the triple tax threat. And and what's the triple tax? The, well, it's triple, you know, pre-tax, deferred, tax-free. I thought it was federal, state. I
2: I don't know. No, it's the triple because you. Okay, so the last month rule for HSA simply is this: if you, as long as you got the HSA plan as of December first for the full month of December, then you can actually put the full contribution in for the whole year. That's what the last month rule is. Say, so yeah, I bet you didn't know that. No, I had yeah. no clue. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's right. I think you have to stay HSA eligible for 2024 the following year, but don't hold me to that. I'm not aware of any other gotchas on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if like, let's just say you had your HSA eligible from January to June, then you could only do a prorated six months, right? If you got it the last month, you had it by December 1st for the full month, then you can do it for the full year.
1: It's got to come from the paycheck though, correct?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to load up that paycheck.
1: All right. Thanks, Jay-Z. Appreciate the question. We got Cindy writing in from San Diego. I have an income tax and sales tax question that I don't think some tax prepares fully understand. So I'm tuning into the experts with your vast and impressive knowledge. That's uh, that's not us. Uh, yeah. Wrong, wrong place. Wrong show. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wrong show. <laughs> I appreciate the confidence there. Yeah. My Medicare Advantage plan has an over-the-counter benefit allowance of 105 per quarter for eligible health and wellness products, which can be ordered online and purchased at CVS with the payment card provided by the insurance company. Am I supposed to claim the amount of the benefit I use as income when filing taxes, or would it be considered a flex spending account even though I didn't contribute money to it? Also, I have one placed online orders. I've once placed an online oh. order in no only Cal- placed. I've only what's okay too, but only is the word yeah, you read. Right. I'm just oh. <laughs> okay now. Where was I?
2: Only
0: you're on only. <laughs>
2: I have only placed online orders, and no California sales
1: tax was added. Oh, imagine that! It's not shown on the order anyway. Am I supposed to include? The amount for online orders that no sales tax was paid when filing my state return. Okay. And she's talking about $105 a quarter. Yeah. Yes. Well,
2: well, that's for the over-the-counter benefit. That's different. Well, I can answer both questions.
1: All right. But go on. You've just got some more. Okay. I have an OTC benefit for a few years and haven't claimed the amount used as income or part of my CA return for sales tax. Don't know if anyone does. For some reason, I started wondering if I'm supposed to be doing this. Probably foolish of me since it may sound like I'm looking for ways to pay more taxes. Thank you, Cindy, San Diego.
2: Cindy, wondering if she hasn't paid enough taxes. So here's the answer: overcount, over-the-counter benefit of hundred five dollars per quarter. That that's a that's an insurance benefit. You've been paying insurance, so this is just a benefit you got from insurance, not taxable. So that's the first good news. You do not have to move out of the country because you didn't pay taxes. You're you're okay. And number two, yes, if you buy something like on Amazon that doesn't have California sales taxes, you're supposed to include it on your California sales tax return. I think it's an extra tax on page three of the return. Now, does anyone do it? Maybe not. <laughs> I'm not gonna answer that question, but that's where you're supposed to do it. Very good.
0: There are several actions you can take to lower your 2023 tax bill, but you need to do them before December 31st. So the clock is ticking here. Go to the podcast show notes to watch our year end tax planning webinar on demand and to download the companion guide for free. Learn from Pure Financial Advisors tax planning manager Amanda Cook Esquire, and CPA how Roth conversions, tax loss harvesting, tax gain harvesting, the backdoor Roth IRA, net unrealized depreciation, and charitable giving strategies such as a donor advised fund can help you to pay less tax and which of these strategies fits your specific needs and goals. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the show notes, watch the end of year tax planning webinar, and download the companion. An end-of-year tax strategies guide for free.
1: We got Carl Spackler back again yeah. from the golf course. Yes, he is. Hello, YM yw Team. I was hoping to get some guidance. <laughs> got we're, it. We're not giving advice. We're not giving recommendations. We're not even doing guidance on this show. Not really. We're no endorsements. Instructions. Not even suggestions. Not even. It's called a spitball. Yeah. We're just chatting. What would you do? What would I do? I don't know. What do you think? It's a, You kind of sit around in a bar stool. Yeah. It's like, what do you got? What would you hey, do? What's going on? You know, and then people like to talk sometimes about finance. Yeah. And then that's what we're doing. They it's, hear you, you're into finance and they want to ask you a question. Hey. And these are good questions because usually yeah. I don't tell people what I do because, they'll go, hey, what do you think the market's going to do? Oh, yeah. That's the worst, right? <laughs> All right. I've been making backdoor Roth contributions for many years. I have no traditional IRA, so the pro rata rule doesn't impact me. I mean this year backdoor Contribution slash conversion in early 2023, I did so without realizing that my company would be sold later in the year. All of a sudden, I'm blessed to be receiving a large rollover check soon. It will be made payable to the IRA custodian of my choice. To keep from screwing up the pro rata rule, I was thinking about putting the check in my desk drawer till January, then depositing in 2024. I would still be in the 60-day rollover period. If this was your rollover, would you do the same? Am I overthinking this? Anything else you can think of that I may not consider? Lastly, I'm making decisions on how to invest a rollover period beyond 2024. I was recently reading an article about buffered ETFs with no idea to limit losses, but also gains potentially. Just wondering if you would spitball the topic as well. Thank you. Carl, just... You made the conversion. You're going to pay a couple of bucks in tax because the 1099 is going to come for this year. Yeah,
2: t- 1099 will be 2023. Even, you know what? Even if you put it in a drawer, it happened in 2023. You had constructive receipt in 2023. It's part of your assets. It's part of your IRA 2023. It's going to, unfortunately, when you do this pro rata rule, it's your IRAs at the end of the year that factors into this. So you're going to have that. Now, I guess if you just spend it, pay all the tax on it, right? Then it wouldn't be part of the pro rata, but you would never do that, of course, because then you'd pay a huge tax bill. So I think you're overthinking it on that one. I think go ahead and just deposit it because it's going to come out on the forms, the 1099s anyway, and you're going to have to do it anyway. So yeah, instead of a backdoor Roth, you're going to have to pay like a Roth conversion, right? So you're going to have to pay taxes on the seven grand. You know, it's not the end of the world.
1: You know, ETFs, we don't have enough time to go through those. They're interesting products. Basically, it's an ETF. They have a little bit of a, a wrapper around it. Like, where, like, a, like an option type wrapper? Correct. So, like so if it, derivatives. Yeah.
2: So, in other words, it, you can't have huge gains, but you can't have huge losses or whatever, yeah. whatever the setup.
1: Exactly. So, you could buffer the losses. So, let's say you don't want to lose more than 10%. So, you know, they're buying options. On the overall index. And so basically you can't lose more than 10%, but there's a cost to do that. Right. So if the market goes up X percent, you're not going to participate fully in the upside of the overall market, but you could get some downside protection. So more and more of these strategies are coming to Wall Street in a cheaper wrapper because they've been around forever, like in you know, structured notes. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have annuities where they're kind of embedded with fees and cost, and very little transparency that would. And then a lot of the times people would sell it like you would get stock market returns with no risk. You know, So the product landscape is coming full circle. There's so many different unique things that people can invest in. It's crazy. It's, well, sometimes it's too much. And since the market, I mean, if, if you just look at the market long term, two
2: out of three years, the market goes up. So you're basically limiting your upside. If if you're looking at this as a long-term play, which you probably wouldn't, if you're looking at it as a short-term play, maybe it's okay.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, a part of your portfolio to to protect it, you could use it almost. I mean, there's all sorts of different types of buffers that you can use, but in, in essence, on very high level as a spitball, it, you can protect some of the downside. You just give up some of the upside. So depending on what your goals are, Carl, you know, it might make sense for a portion of the overall portfolio. Just know what you're getting into though.
2: Yeah. I think that's key because a lot of times you really don't know because you read the marketing stuff on it and it's not really that
1: specific to what really, what really happens. Hi, YMYW team. I'm M from sunny Florida, still drinking champagne and driving that 2007 Pontiac hard convertible would no longer convert. Oh, that's. Oh,
2: yeah, that is too bad. It's
1: just not at the same time. yeah oh. Yeah. I'm good, 42, good. married with two small kids. My mother, 72, wants to move to sunny Florida to help the kids. She's retired on Social Security. Is your Look. is your mom going to move to
2: Southern, sunny San Diego to help you with the kids? Uh No. No? no. That's not in the plans? Uh, no.
0: no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, this matters No. She's, well, you know when she stays. I know. Well, she kind of already does, <laughs> yes, actually. like a couple months. Like, yeah. Mom. <laughs> yeah, she'll be here Um, yeah, for the holidays. There you go. All right. right. She's looking for some thoughts on best financial strategy to help her move to our H-C-O-L area. High cost of living, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think well, that's a good acronym. Yeah. High call. High <laughs> call. Area from her low cost of living area. She used to live in low call and now she's going to H call. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anyone put that in all caps as an acronym. Me neither, but why not? Have Andy, anything? I mean, as you... soon
0: as I saw it, I recognized what it meant. So I figure I must have seen it somewhere.
2: Wow. It's just clear. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. like the muff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she doesn't have much mm-hmm. in retirement. Um, I'm considering buying her a house. Interest rates are bad, prices are high. My random thoughts. All right. Let's hear what M okay. got going on here. Yeah. What do you got in? All right. Could I rent back to her and get rental tax breaks? Could I gift her money to offset rent? I can pay her W-2 like nanny without nanny tax, but would that mess up her social security? Is there any real benefit to W-2 paid like Roth IRA option? Not sure even she needs that. Also. She has 5 to 10 or so years until she needs me to help take care of her. Ugh, something to consider. I would keep the house when she passes, I guess. <laughs> Hoping for a home under 400000 Any better way to borrow than a traditional mortgage? HELOC? Have about $3 million equity in our current home. And can probably only save about $100,000 for down payment. Any tax breaks in this scenario, really looking for a spitball. Thoughts on the best way to help take care of my aging parents at parental cost as well as children care costs. Thanks. Look forward to your response, yeah. Interesting. All right. So she's trying to get creative here. She's yeah. got mom moving. She's going to sunny California, sunny Florida. Yes. All right. Sunny Florida. You get, get mom a house for under $400,000. And then try to figure out how do you get a tax break? How do I benefit here? I'm going to give mom a house to live in. Yeah. And she's like, man, prices are high. Interest rates are high. What do I do? How can I kind of help myself here?
2: Yeah. So can I call it a rental? Well, you could. So here's the problems with a rental. There's There's several. First of all. If you charge her below market rent or no rent, you can't take any losses because that's a below market rental. So she'd have to pay you fair market rent. So how does she get it? Well, you'd have to give her the money. Yes. Right. And then she'd give it back to you. That seems dumb because that's income to you. Right. So so now you basically have this income that you'd be offsetting perhaps with the mortgage, but you can deduct the mortgage anyway as a second home. Although there is the mortgage limitation rules, which you may or may not get any benefit for that. But then furthermore, even if you were allowed to create a deduction, if your income is over $150,000, you can't take any deduction. It gets suspended. So I would tell you this, and this has been true since the 1980s, right? that the ability to deduct losses in real estate is difficult unless you do this in a big way. In other words, you have a lot of rental properties. properties. You're a real estate professional. So so I would say I love all the thinking, but no, it's a lot of work and you're not really going to receive any benefit. As far as paying her a W-2, well, now she's got income and you don't really have a deduction because you don't have a business. So you're creating Taxable income for no reason. I don't. For her to do a Roth, which she doesn't doesn't necessarily need. need. Yeah. So I I love all the thinking, but no, I think you buy the house for her and it's your home. She pays you whatever rent that she can to help you pay for it. If you might be able to deduct some property taxes, you might be able to deduct some mortgage interest, but that's about it really. That's all I see. What Anything else from
1: you? No, I I like it. You know, I, I like the thinking. Yeah. I've uh, helped my mother out with a home myself. Yeah, I know you have. So um, just it makes you feel warm inside, Al. That's you that, know, that's the big, the big that, benefit. That's here. the benefit.
2: Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Okay, um, thanks. You know, the real reason I helped my mom with a home, so she would stay in Minnesota.
2: I hope she didn't hear
1: this episode. Yeah, she stopped listening years ago. <laughs> I do have to worry about that. Yeah. Hey, dear Big Al, does it matter? Or does it make sense to form a limited liability company to hold investment real estate properties? I'm thinking about purchasing two or three single-family homes for investment rental income purposes. Should I simply purchase the properties in my name or form an LLC to hold the properties? What are the pros and cons? Yeah, great question. This is uh, from Wannabe, Wannabe Landlord. A little Wannabe Landlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a landlord.
2: <laughs> it's a little tougher than you think. However, so LLCs, yeah, that's a great way to hold properties. What's the benefit? The benefit is if something goes wrong with the property, then typically the person that is suing you only has recourse for the value of the properties in the LLC. So if you have three properties and you want maximum protection, then you would have three different LLCs. If something goes wrong with one property, then you may lose that property, but not necessarily the other two. And you may not necessarily lose any of your other personal assets because the liability is limited to that LLC. That's the whole point. Now, there's I'm not an attorney. It seems to me there's ways to pierce that if you're negligent and things like that. So it's not foolproof. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to just load up on liability insurance, which is the easier, simpler way to do it. Probably what most people should do to start, especially if you've never had rentals. We don't even know if you're going to like them or not. Maybe start with one. See if you like it and to get some liability insurance. And if, if this is like, you know what, this is for me, then yeah, then start thinking about buying more properties, setting up LLCs. There's a hassle factor though. Uh, it depends upon the state you're in. In California, you have to file a, a return each year and pay $800 to the state of California. It depends upon your state. I'm not sure what you have to do or not do, but you also have to set up the entity. So that takes a bit of an effort too.
1: We got CJ from Florida we got, I like Mick Ultra. From time to time. And I drive a 2015 Tacoma with 219K. I'm guessing that's the mileage? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm a loyal four-plus-year listener. While walking our mixed-breed rescue dog, Nora. I believe these are questions for Big Al. That real estate... Magnate. Magnet. Are you a magnet or a magnet? (laughs) The real estate magnet?
2: (laughs) Magnate. But I mean, when I say when you say it fast, it sounds like magnet. I was gonna say magnet.
1: Thanks in part to you too, and Andy, am I reading that right? Yeah, thanks in part to, to you too. too and and Andy. Andy. I retired two years ago at 62, so, so we had it, we, uh, is we he had, like talking to me? We had a hand in that.
2: So it's like you two. Second, Andy. Second, the two of us and Andy. Got it. We helped him retire at 62 and and Andy. Oh, he did several backdoor route conversions. That's what put him over the.
1: In the craziness of this real estate market in 2022, we purchased a house in Florida. Wow. It made more sense for me to take a first mortgage out on my Indiana home for $375,000 plus $275,000 in cash from my brokerage, paying cash of $650 for a Florida house. We spent three to four months in the winters in additional weeks here and there, when then have it available to rent. We have rented it out about 14 weeks in 2023. We didn't offer it for rent in 2022. First question, can I put a prorated interest rate on my Indiana home mortgage on Schedule E?
2: Okay, the answer is yes. In fact, now only can you should, you're supposed to. And in, in other words,
1: you're supposed to prorate
2: it because whatever you borrow the money for on your residence, you have. It's called interest tracing rules. You got to trace what the money was used for and then deduct it in the right place. So it goes on Schedule E, right? It, it still goes on Schedule A right? Because that's how the IRS is going to match it. But then you back it out of Schedule A as a minus to show end up zero on itemized deduction. But then you show it on Schedule E. That's what you're supposed to do.
1: Second question. Yep. on my pro-rata expenses based on the weeks it was available to rent <clears throat> or just the actual days rented out?
2: Thanks. Yeah. Great question. Available to rent is the right answer. So in other words, if it, if you rented it 30 days and it was available to rent the rest of the year, even though it wasn't rented, you can, you know, basically 11 months of rental expenses. But be aware of this, the vacation rental rules, if you use it more than 14 days yourself, they can be a little tricky. So make sure you understand what those rules are so you're doing this right.
0: It's that time again. The DIY Retirement Guide is the special offer right now at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And it's only available until this Friday. And this is your last chance to download it this year. Nearly all of our other white papers and guides and handbooks are always freely available in the financial resources section of our website. But the 40 plus pages of this guide are packed with so much practical do-it-yourself information that we only make it available on a very limited basis. Learn steps to understand and plan for your retirement income, sophisticated strategies for choosing a tax-efficient distribution method, guidance on developing an investing strategy that meets your needs, tips on preparing for the unexpected and other actionable information that's normally only available in our retirement classes or one-on-one meetings. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, go to the podcast show notes and claim the DIY rich. retirement. Retirement Guide by this Friday, December 1st, 2023. If you know someone who could benefit from the gift of financial education, share the podcast and the financial resources with them.
1: Brutus Buckeye. Brutus Buckeye writes in from Columbus, Ohio. I think he's Ohio State Buckeye friend.
2: (laughs) Just guessing. I I think that's a good guess.
1: He's a longtime listener. First question asker. Like most people, I have a five-year rule question. Yeah. Well, if you're a long time listener, you have <laughs> just to listen to all your- the episodes. <laughs> I know. I mean, you should be dialed. <laughs> Most of our retirement savings is in pre-tax accounts today. But we won't have to take RMDs until we're 75. So I'm planning to do Roth conversions once I retire at 65. So he wants to do conversions from age 66 to 74 to get most of the pre-tax money into the Roth while we're in the 12% tax bracket. I've done a lot of reading and I've gotten more confused on this. Since I'll be older than 59 and a half when we start conversions, can I spend the money I'm converting each year during those nine years without penalty, even though the conversions won't pass the five-year rule? I know I'll pay taxes That's the point, right? But it's not clear if I get an exemption from the 10% penalty, we went gluten-free. He kind of switched real (laughs) quick. It was really like like we went over a cliff. Yeah, it was just like (laughs) a sudden gluten-free slap in the face. (laughs) We went gluten-free for our daughter several years ago. All right, so no more beer for me. Uh, We do enjoy a good margarita and occasional seltzer. Thanks for the spitball. He's got a five-year clock issue yeah yeah Uh, but he doesn't
2: no he doesn't so what yeah so once you're 59 and a half once you do a conversion you have access to those conversion funds immediately that's the whole point right if you do it when you're younger than 59 and a half you got to wait five years right or 59 and a half to have access to the conversion dollars now the income (laughs) that's a different story right the income to have the income you have to have had a Roth for five years and be over 59 and a half to have access to the income or growth part, but the contributions themselves, once you're over 59 and a half, you do the conversion, you can pull that money out next day. The reason is because there's no 10 year, there's no 10% penalty because you're over 59 and a half. That's the whole point here.
1: People were avoiding the 10% penalty by converting dollars when they're younger than 59 and a half and then taking the money out. So that was just a, a sidestep way for people to avoid the 10% early distribution penalty. So then they put in the new rule that confuses everyone.
2: Yes, everyone, I would say. Two,
1: there's two five year clocks is that if you're under 59 and a half, each of your conversions has its own five year clock until you turn 59 and a half. Once you turn 59 and a half, you can take distributions from any type of retirement account and not have an early withdrawal penalty. So that five-year clock basically kind of goes away. The other five-year clock is still in play. So if you don't have a conversion or a, I mean a Roth IRA account established for at least five years, you still don't have access to the earnings or the growth of that account no matter how old you are. You could be 80 years old. And do your first Roth conversion, you would have to wait until 85 to be able to have access to the earnings of that account because no Roth account was ever established. So as long as a Roth account is established, that will mark your five-year clock for earnings once you turn over 59 and a half. So maybe explaining that way might help. Yeah,
2: yeah, right.
1: But I guess with Brutus butt Cake here, or okay. <laughs> Brutus that's butt a good one. Yeah, well, I am a Florida Gator. Uh <laughs> Okay. If I you're miss. going to do conversions, you don't, don't do the conversion if you need the money the next year.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, too. It's like, what's it's,
1: the point, right? Th- there's no point. <laughs> Just take the distribution and spend it, right? So, I mean, a conversion... You're paying tax to get money into a tax-free environment, so you want that money to continue to build and grow tax-free for you. So if you're going to do a conversion and then take the money out the next day, I, I mean, don't waste your time. I, it's just the exercise would not bear any fruit.
2: Yeah, I, I think people ask the question, though, they're, it's not like they're intending on spending it, but what if they need it, right? What if they have to get at it? And the answer is that once you're over 59 and a half, you can always get at your contributions. It's just the growth and earnings. You have to have had a Roth five years. And so here's a little tip for our listeners. So if you don't have a Roth IRA right now, do a Roth conversion, even if you're in the highest tax bracket, 500 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. Do a Roth conversion today and your five-year clock will start January 1st of 2023, right? So you almost have a whole year in just by doing a Roth conversion right now.
1: All right, Brutus, Buckeye, Andy, what's up, Joycey? Bruce from Jersey. He just kind of emailed yesterday. Yes,
0: we just and got was yesterday. Like, he was like
1: cringing or something. What the hell is that all about? Yeah,
0: he said because you were saying apparently he's watching old episodes of the TV show while he's waiting for new episodes of the podcast to come out. And he said you would say this is your show. It's your money and it's your wealth. And he said that made him cringe.
1: That makes me cringe. He's, I, don't ever I remember he figures saying something that, that cheesy.
0: He figures oh. that's what you were going to name the show before. So I don't know if that means it was going to be called It's Your Money and It's Your I'm I'm not sure what he's referring to as that was going to be the title, but
1: so I, I would say it's your money and it's your wealth. Yep. Huh. Well, I guess. Well, it is your money your wealth. Yeah. But I would you I say would say it, it in such a way that I was trying to talk to the audience that it's their money and it's their wealth, and we're just here to help them make exactly. more of it. Cheesy. Yes. So so bad, <laughs> so bad. That's why we've never watched any of these episodes. We never we listened would to we would never
2: do another one again. It's like, oh my god,
1: that would be that, it. that's what we're putting out there. Would be my... like, who would want to see that? Uh, Did you want to do Bruce's question? Yeah, well, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> what what does he got?
0: Uh, let me go down to it. It's like on page fifty-seven or something.
1: Oh, uh, we don't have that. I got page seven. I'm I, I got the page loyal. twelve. <laughs> Let's see. Why don't you read Bruce... it, Bruce? Rose from Jai-Z.
0: Okay. Uh, he hasn't emailed us since August of 2021, by the way. Hello, YMYW. I started watching your old YouTube episodes while waiting for the weekly podcast. I must say I had to cringe each time Joe says, quote, this is your show, your money, and it's your wealth. Or this is your show, your money, and it's your wealth. Wow. I only imagined that the show was going to be called that, or he usually uses that phrase with thousands of clients. I'm at season four listening at two times speed. It's still understandable, but since some of the info is out, outdated and some I'm already aware of, I'm just getting ideas and getting information hammered into my memory. I'm two glad you.
1: Speed. Yeah, He's I know. I'm that listens to books I, like eight times. I'm speed.
2: aware of that same guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, is, this is watching the TV show at two times speed. I'm actually glad you did do some solo 401k segments and how powerful it is. It Very should be powerful. your one two punch combo for small businesses: solo 401k and Roth IRA. My actual question is this. If we have more than eight months of living expenses, can we buy a thirty eight thousand three hundred and thirty three dollar car with, quote unquote, cash twelve K a year for Roth IRA spouse is not likely to put money in the brokerage. CD or T bills are doable. But if they are only earning four to five percent, then math says we shouldn't borrow six plus for a car loan. 6% 6% plus for a car loan. I'm not sure if cash is king with cars, but we immediately will be resuming saving for living expenses. Thanks for all your great info. I'm starting to get comfortable with light beers, but it's still not for me. Regards, Bruce from Joy-Z.
2: Okay, so. $38,333
0: for-, for a car. Should you pay with it for cash?
2: That cash or get a we'll- 6% loan? Acre? What what, what the kind of car Bruce from Jersey? Oh, Acura. Is that what you're trying to say <laughs> Acura. Acura. <laughs> I would just pay cash. I well, so he's got eight months of living expenses. I don't really know what other kind of money he has or what liquidity he has. So it's a little difficult to answer the question. I, I would probably, I don't know. I might borrow at six percent. Yeah, that big wallet you got. Yeah, just to give yourself more options, right? If there, depends on how much liquid assets. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'll pay cash.
2: I don't have enough information. I would say if you got if you have plenty of other resources that you can draw on for other things, then pay cash. If you don't, I would get the one.
1: All right. Thanks, Bruce. Sorry, I made you cringe. That made me cringe, too. So we're in the same boat. And that's it for us, folks. Thanks so much for your questions again. Go to yourmoneywealth.com. You know where to go. Andy, wonderful job. Thank you so much. Thank you. And big out. Yep, it's fun, as always. Right? Yep. Yep. Correct. show's got your money well
0: you'll hear why that's funny in the derails plus once versus only north county san diego mops in wahoo jay-z and beyonce the triple lindy and al the real estate monster pointing hard so stick around to the end of the episode help new listeners find ymyw by telling your friends about the show and by leaving your honest reviews and ratings for your money your wealth in apple podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them like amazon audible Castbox, good pods pandora player fm pocket Podcasts podcast addict, pod chaser, pod knife and spotify. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment in person at one of our several offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you, no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.
2: Alan, did you know that we say right a lot? Do we? I think I heard someone
1: commented on that. We got a one star. I was really excited. Because we said right? Right. Okay. I'm not going to say that anymore. What? Read it. We're,
0: I'm working yeah. on it. I'm pulling it up for you. Hold on. She's gonna on. have to find it.
2: Who's this guy? All, all those comments. <laughs> all those one search You got to go through them all.
0: Yeah, let's see. Right, right, right. That's the title of the review. Uh, I, wonder, I says, wonder.
2: Does Joe or, or do I say right more? It's probably me. I, <laughs> I, I feel like, it's I, like I. Remember the big, I, more big yeah, less Joe. I, <laughs> I feel like I say that all the time.
0: But the review says info is solid, but wow, they must never listen to their own show to improve. Constantly say right after making a sentence means that they lack confidence in what they are saying and need someone to affirm what they just said. Awful habit. Oh.
1: Well, Andy, can you affirm that we are right? Uh, he's, I, I really appreciate the comment because I, I've lost a lot of confidence now. You have. I
2: have. So you, you have to just always have Here's like,
1: My life a few years ago
2: you were on top of the world
1: today so today i run around with these kids yeah and it's like hey it's bedtime right
2: are oh, you so that's
1: you just had dinner right come on
2: <laughs> Got it. i thought
1: you wanted to watch a movie right
2: so, yeah. It, oh, so you, so it's you. I, I think it's got it. Be. Might, might be you. But you're now,
1: blaming you, the kids. I like but that. It's no. They're like my testosterone level, my confidence level, everything. Way down is like. And here's what happens when your kids are teenagers. I used to go to the bars.
2: When your kids are teenagers, you get dumber still. <laughs> and then this, and this somehow you get smarter when they're in their
1: twenties. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. It's like, oh my goodness. But are you lacking confidence? Now? Maybe it's your old age. Or-
2: Maybe I just have to keep verifying, you. I, am I keeping up, right? Do you agree with me, Joe?
1: It's, it's true. Maybe we should listen to this show.
2: <laughs> no, that's what our listeners are for.
1: If you
0: listen to the show, that would change everything. It would probably, we would lose all of our listeners because oh. you'd be paying
1: too much attention. Uh, I interviewed a guy for our Denver office today. Yeah. He, he, Did he say right? He, no. But he said he's listening to th- the last 23 episodes. Oh, Oh boy! This interview is over. This, this is a problem. Yeah, you you definitely have a mental. We need someone who's
2: more balanced.
1: Uh, Anyway, I once placed an online order. Only placed.
2: I only. What's okay, David? Only is the word you read. I'm just. Man, <laughs> she's just like she's just reading like, she, right behind me. She, she, she got it right on my ass. She's got a new router. She, <laughs> this is a fast one. <laughs> like if I just mess up one word <laughs> she's going to shoot the gong.
1: Used to be there's a little delay. Now it's like instant. Little hyphen in North County. Yeah. So if you live in North County, you say, I live in North County Great. versus just
2: San Diego. Well, but it could, North County could be anywhere around the country, right? I suppose. Around the county? Around the country. I mean, there's a lot of North County. No, like
1: she's like North County, San Diego. I know. Oh, you're. Okay. That's where she's from. Yeah, you're saying. You're from North County. Yes. So do you say. San Diego, North North County. County. I'm from San Diego. You know, North County.
2: No, but if I was talking to someone in New Jersey, I might say San Diego. I'd say San Diego. I wouldn't say North County, but so when you're, you know, hanging out in San Diego, oh, where are you from? North San County? San Diego. I'm San Diego. We're in San Diego.
1: Oh, North County. <laughs> well,
0: people say uh, East County, South Bay, North uh, County. Uh,
1: yeah, but no, that's all very specific
0: gotta, to San Diego.
1: He, yeah. Uh, so, I bet Cindy lives west of the five. <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of swanky, too. It is very. You got to live North County, west of the okay. five. Okay. Ryder Floret RS Mock. Ma- M-moped. Moped. Oh. Oh moped. <laughs> I like it.
2: It's this guy it's it is Halloween. all the He's riding a bomb.
0: Moped. It's only got one P in it. It's a Moped, not a mopped. <laughs>
2: that is pretty good. What you're right. It's a mop.
0: That's <laughs> a good one. Had it been before it's Halloween, you could have said you ride a broom and you're a witch.
2: It's the 1980 Cradler Florida <laughs> RS. It's a pretty
1: fancy mommy. It there. costs $299. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got a kind of bucket you got? Oh. oh, that was bad. That was probably one of the worst hours. That, that's got to go down. This, probably the, this
2: show goes in the can. Oh, man. Where do you live? Wahoo.
1: What do you <laughs> say? A
0: mop. population? 4,904 people.
2: <laughs> we got some nice mocks in Wahoo.
0: So we know it's not the real Jay-Z because Jay-Z and Beyonce have three children, which makes them a family of five.
2: Oh, well. You know, okay. All right. Got um, it. Well,
1: thanks Andy for that's that helps us. That because does. Because we weren't clear. <laughs> we were gonna give a totally different answer to it. <laughs> the jay-z no it's the triple because it's a, it's a triple it's a triple lindy Tri- okay what movie's not from anyone triple lindy triple lindy no? no got nothing. okay back to school ronnie dangerfield oh okay remember when yeah. he was on the diving board he did a little triple lindy yeah i and now it's coming back okay i digress but <laughs> I, have
2: to, I have to take a deep breath there. i'm not sure i'm a real estate magnate or magnet however you want to print. But I, but I, my wife did one time get me, you know, those little signs you can put on your desk. Alan R. Clopine, yeah, real estate monster. That's what it's... real estate monster. <laughs> I still have it. Yeah, that was my title. <laughs> I had to see people, Alan Clopine CPA and Alan Clopine
1: real,
2: real estate st- monster. estate real- <laughs> monster. So that was my title.
1: Oh my god, I love it. I love you tell you
2: monster. Monster. Yeah. Okay. The answer is yes. In fact, not only can you should, you're supposed to. In other words,
1: yeah. look at the real estate monster he's coming, I'm,
2: I'm, he's coming I'm, in hot. Ugly. You're,
1: you're, you're supposed I'm, to, you dumbass. And I'm
2: pointing. <laughs> I'm pointing at Joe because I can't see you. I'm pointing hard.